What's shaking fire nation JLD here for what September 2017's income report. I mean, has summer already fled past us? And the answer is yes, because I'm sitting here in Maine right now. And I can tell you it's chilly. It is a brisk October 4th right now. So uh, fall has arrived here in Maine. Summer is gone. Um, and we have a lot of awesome stuff to chat about today. But before I welcome just the people that are joining us on this call today, who you've all heard their lovely voices before, let me break down the income at a glance for September. Hey, what's up, Fire Nation? Kate here. I'm going to cut off John real quick because I wanted to make sure and note here the income that John's about to break down and what we review throughout this report I did a little bit of editing after we recorded and I made a mistake on one of our income numbers for our affiliate revenue. So the income actually for September is a little bit different than what John's about to walk through right now. There are also other points in the report where he references income numbers that are a little bit different than what you'll see over on the report. So be sure you head over to eofire.com slash income, the number 49. You can get the actual breakdown of our revenue, gross income, total expenses, net profit, and all the details in between right over there on that post. All right, I'll hand it back to John. Our gross income was $245,000. Our total expenses were $44,000, which means that we got to crest the $200,000 mark for net profit in September, coming in at $201,000. So definitely a big landmark that uh, we haven't hit for a few months. So pretty happy to be back in that hood. Um, and even more proud um, when we're going to be getting into the details of what happened to us, you know, during some of September. And we are still able, despite all of that, to get to over $200,000 in net, net profit. Um, so I want to say what's up to a few people. Let me first off say we have Josh Bowerly in the house. What's up, Josh? What's going on? David Lizerbram, not far behind him. What's going on, Big D? How's it going? And of course, Caitlin Erickson. What's up, girl? Wow, we each get our own intros this time. What's up, Fire Nation? You know, just trying to mix things up a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of solo airtime, and pretty fired up because um, we have some really cool things to share this month. We also have some not-so-cool things to share this month, but that's what the Income Report is all about. It's about the ups. It's about the downs. It's about you finding out what we're succeeding in and emulating our successes. It's about you finding out what we're failing and falling flat in our face and avoiding those pitfalls and disasters. It's about you, Fire Nation, learning from our journey, which is full of ups and downs. And you would have nothing but downs, by the way, if you didn't focus at least a portion of your time, energy, and effort on taxes. Because if you're making money, Taxes are a reality of life, and I hope that all of you are on your way to profitability. So spend some time on this. Hire somebody amazing like Josh Bowerly to be on your team, and you will sleep incredibly well at night. And today I'm going to bring Josh on to talk about how to deduct medical-related expenses. So Josh, what's going on, brother? You are about to be Father X4, I think, coming up here in about a month, because I know this is going to be the third pregnancy, but the fourth child, right? It better be fatherhood number three. If there's <laughs> twins in there, one's getting sent back. Oh, you're not going to take twins? <laughs> no, 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 sir. Go ahead, brother. Talk to us about deducting medical-related expenses. Yeah, so last month I kind of had to give some bad news. We talked about medical expenses, and I had to give 
the really bad and what a lot of people don't realize unexpected news that even though they say those medical expenses are deductible, they technically are either going to be very limited or not deductible at all. Mm. And just to give a quick recap, the reason is because, number one, in order to take them at all, you have to itemize. And unless you have a decent-sized mortgage or very high state taxes, you probably won't itemize. And number two, even if you do itemize, they're going to reduce those medical expenses by the first 10% of your income. Meaning if you make $200,000 this year, they're going to wipe out $20,000 of those uh, medical expenses right off the bat. Right. So for the majority of the people, they are not going to be able to take the medical expenses. And the other big one is the health insurance premiums. So that's a big deal. So this month... I want to give a little bit better news. And since this is Entrepreneur on Fire, the good news is mostly going to apply to entrepreneurs. And the reason is the IRS, we talk about this all the time, right? The, the tax code is written to favor entrepreneurs, to favor business owners. And one of the ways it does that is with these medical expenses, especially with health insurance. And there's two ways you can make those medical expenses a little bit more deductible. And the first way is what they call the self-employed health insurance deduction. Okay, so for the average person, for employees, the only way they can deduct that health insurance on their tax return is to meet those limits we talked about, to itemize and then not get reduced by 10% of your income. Big deal, very hard to do. If you are self-employed, they have what's called the self-employed health insurance deduction, meaning you can take that all the way, whether you itemize or not, no 10% restriction. If you pay $12,000 this year for you and your family's health insurance, you get to take it all as a deduction on your on your tax return. Right, so that one's a very big deal, and especially for self-employed people because health insurance tends to be very expensive. And the only real restriction here that you have to be careful of is not only do you have to be self-employed, you can't have access to a health insurance plan through either you or your spouse's job. Okay, so if you have another job, your spouse has a job, if you do have access to a group plan like that, you cannot take this self-employed health insurance deduction. But if that's not you, you can take all of those, those health insurance premiums. And trust me, as someone who's self-employed and has to pay health insurance for a family, it, that, that's a big deal. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. The next thing I want people to look at is something they've probably heard of before, an HSA or a health savings account. All right. And what this allows you to do is designate a certain amount of money each year that you're going to use towards health and health uh, medical related costs. Okay. So there's limits on it. If, if, if it's for your whole family, you can do up to 6750 per year. If it's just for you individually, it's 3400 per year. But what you do is you put this money in that account each year. It doesn't have to be the full amount. It could be anywhere in between there. And it's fully tax deductible and you can use it on medical expenses. Okay. So if I wanted my family, my soon to be family of five, if I wanted them to to, to put aside $6,700, I put that in an HSA. I can use it all for medical expenses. And that full $6,700 is a full write-off on my tax return. doesn't matter about itemized. doesn't matter about the 10% limitation. None of that matters. You completely get around those limitations. Okay, so those are two very big ways that you can do this. And the, the caution here with the HSA is it has to qualify with your particular health insurance. Right, so as with everything we talk about, you want to go to the experts, okay? And in this case, you want to go to both a health insurance expert and a tax expert to make sure that you are maximizing your ability to, to deduct those health insurance premiums and to use something like an HSA to actually be able to deduct the medical expenses themselves. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. All right. And actually, one more thing I thought about after I typed this out. One thing that I found is if, if you're in a self-employed situation and you're looking at those health insurance premiums and it's $12,000, dollars even $20,000 per year, 
we finally found a year ago that there's there are what they call these uh, group health sharing plans, right? And it's the exact same thing as health insurance. Um, they're they're designated for certain groups, so make sure you fall in the groups that they're in. But we went from paying about eleven hundred dollars a month for health insurance with a thirteen thousand dollar deductible to paying four hundred and fifty dollars per month with a thirty six hundred dollar deductible, and it's specifically for people like self employed people who don't have access to a group plan. So one bonus tip there: check that out if you're self employed. So, Josh, I really like to kind of leave with an actionable step that our listeners can take. So, I mean, we've heard a lot of great stuff. People can go to the income report and kind of read more about what you shared in detail. And then, of course, go to your website as well, cpnfire.com. But like, what's one really good actionable step that our listeners can take to maybe get them going the right direction for all this? Yeah, so definitely the first thing you should do is talk to your health insurance expert. If if you don't have access to a plan through either work or your spouse's work, you need to be talking to a health insurance expert, making sure you're on a plan that number one qualifies for the health insurance, the self-employed health insurance deduction. And number two has something like an HSA with it. All right. So it goes back to talking to an expert, talk to that health insurance expert, and then verify it with your, with your tax expert, with your CPA and make sure that you're maximizing this deduction. All right, Fire Nation. I want you to take that action step and Josh, leave us with a final call to action about how we can learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. They can go to my website every time, anytime, cpmfire.com. They can email me directly, josh at cpmfire.com, or they can always check out that free course regarding which business entities right for you that we offer to Fire Nation. And that is cpmfire.com slash Fire Nation. Love it all. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate your time. As always, we will catch you in one short month. And maybe we'll have a little baby announcement at that time, too. Time will tell. Who knows? So now we're going to be moving into David Lizerbram. He is our genius legal mind behind everything that happens at Entrepreneurs on Fire. I can't tell you how well it is that I can sleep at night when I have Josh working on my taxes. I have David making sure that everything is, is legal in the world of everything. And if I do have any questions that he's the person I can reach out to, he's always quick to get back to me. And then of course, he keeps dropping these value bombs on these income reports. So David, how are you doing, brother? Give us a little hello, and then let's break into best practices for online brands. Well, after that intro, <clears throat> I'm not sure what else to say. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Wow. You're welcome. I'm speechless, which is not good for a podcast. Um, <laughs> True. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, let's talk about best practices for online brands because uh, we're talking to uh, the master and mistress of online brands. Um, if you're doing business online, you should take a few steps to make sure you're establishing ownership of your brand. Just because your brand is based online rather than you know, a physical location doesn't mean the rules don't apply. So you got to start by recognizing that your brand name is legally considered a trademark. So the rules and advice for trademarks also apply to your online brand. Um, the first thing is to do your due diligence. So let's assume that, you know, I know you guys are all over the world, but under the US law, and it's true in most other countries, if a competitor is using the same or a similar brand or trademark and they started before you did, then they're called the quote unquote senior user and their rights are superior. So you should carefully search to make sure the brand name is unique and nobody else is using it for similar services or products. So if you come up with a name for your brand and you're you know, just getting started or you've already launched, um, you know, definitely do that due diligence. Um, and a tip on that, because most people, this is the first step they do, but it's not necessarily enough, just searching the US Trademark Office website 
is not really enough. It's a good start, but a more thorough search is a better idea. Some people do this due diligence on their own, and that um, can work uh, under certain circumstances. Others hire a trademark lawyer to do the search for them. But um, you know, definitely make sure that you're not starting off on the wrong foot by uh, you know running into you know just coming up with an idea that sounds great, but because it's such a great idea, somebody else already came up with it. Um, the second phase is to protect your brand. So, okay, you figured out your brand's unique and nobody else has a legal claim on it, so what do you do now? So now I've got four steps to take, um, and they're pretty straightforward. The first is to get your brand out there. So trademark rights are acquired through use in commerce, and so that means the sooner and more publicly you start using your brand name, the faster you're going to acquire legal rights. Now, a lot of people think the opposite is true. They think that legally, for some reason, they have to keep their brand name a secret until some arbitrary point. You might get that advice from somebody. If that person gives you that advice, ignore it because it's wrong. Um, as long as you've determined that your preferred brand name is available, it's best to publicize it as soon as possible because that's how those rights start to accrue. Um, the second tip is to file to register your brand with the trademark office. This is you know, something that some people do on their own or through sort of online services, I guess, but studies show that trademark applications that are filed by attorneys are more, more likely to go through and become registered trademarks. So, you know, always do your research. You want to talk to multiple attorneys and find the one that's the best fit for you and your business. But um, one way or the other, um, you want to make sure that you do file to register that brand. Um, the third tip is to secure your brand name for all the different social media accounts that you might want to use. And a kind of sub tip to that is when a new so social media service debuts, act quickly and grab your brand name before someone else does. So, you know, every once in a while something new comes out and you hear about it, just, you know, even if you're not really sure if you're going to be heavily involved in that particular channel, jump on there, you know, day one, as soon as you hear about it and register your account and grab your name, the name of your brand or your own personal name or whatever is appropriate for you and your business. Um, because usually it's pretty much free to do that. And once you have it, you have it. But if somebody else grabs it, it can be a real tough chore to get it away. Um, and the fourth and final tip is to get as many domain names as you can. So think of how someone might misspell your brand and get those domain names too, you can just you know have them redirect to your main site. Now, in my experience, a lot of entrepreneurs skip this last step. So they'll get you know mybrand.com, whatever it might be, but not variations on those words. Then someone else comes along and they grab a domain name with a slightly different spelling, and they start causing trouble. The cost to get the domain name back from them can run into many thousands of dollars. That's you know big checks you're writing to your lawyer, which is great for lawyers, but not great for entrepreneurs. And that's <laughs> that's what we're trying to protect against. So, you know, the entrepreneur could have gotten that alternate domain name for, what, 99 cents next to nothing um, if they'd been proactive. So, you know, you really want to think about that. That's just one of those back burner things that unfortunately a lot of entrepreneurs never quite get to. But, you know, make a note, spend 10 minutes today, write down a few different spellings of your brand name and go grab those domain names and have them redirect. It's just you know, you're paying almost nothing and it's really going to save you a whole lot of money and trouble down the line. Yeah. And so, here's actually a direct example here. Like actually go Google the, the phrase misspellings of, or common misspellings of, and then whatever that word is. So for me, I typed in common misspellings of the word entrepreneur, because obviously that's a hard word to spell. 
And one one of the things that came back was a lot of people use the first vowel as like an as like an A. Uh, as, so it was like E N T R A for entrepreneurs because a lot of people say, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. So it sounds like it might be an A instead of that E because it's actually an E, not an A. So entrepreneur, but a lot of people spell it entrepreneur. So I bought that misspelling. And I forward that domain entra with an A preneur dot uh, on fire dot com to my domain. So anybody that misspells it, they don't even really know they misspelled it sometimes because it just forces my URL and I get to capture them as well. So there's an example of a little tactic you can use uh, pretty easily and effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to punish or penalize or keep anybody away from being a follower or a customer or a client um, just because they you know, haven't mastered the spelling of your, your brand name. I mean, th their money is still green, even if they, you know, misspell your name. So, no uh, you want, you want to keep all those things. And I mean, I just have this happen all the time where people, you know, a client will call me up and say, Hey, you know, somebody's competing with me for AdWords and they have a slightly different spelling of my brand name. You know, that's not fair. Can I get back to them? And I say, yeah, you can get it back from them if they're acting in bad faith and they meet these other qualifications. But, you know, the reality is it's going to cost you thousands of dollars and it's going to be a total pain. Whereas if you just jumped on that in the first place, you know, problem solved. So anyway, we've covered that one. So just to kind of summarize all the four tips, you know, do your due diligence, get your brand name out there, uh, you know, register your name, uh, your, your trade name in the, the country where you're, uh, doing business or multiple countries, if that's appropriate. Um, you know, get that brand name for social media accounts and also just get the, all the different flavors of the domain names that you can think of. And then uh, you'll be in pretty good shape. So, you know, you'll be well on your way to creating valuable intellectual property that you can own and benefit from for years to come, just like John and Kate. Yeah, yeah. And David, just like we had Josh do, go ahead and give what do you think the next step should be or maybe the first step the listeners should take um, in this process. And then, you know, give us a little more detail about where we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, the first step is always the due diligence because it's super fun to come up with a great name for your product, service, you know, business, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, you don't want to launch and get going only to find out that somebody else got there before you did. And, you know, you didn't know about it. You weren't trying to rip them off um, or do the wrong thing. But um, you've just walked yourself right into a legal problem. And that is not a situation anybody wants to have. So it's always worth it to invest, whether it's the time, money, energy, et cetera, in just, you know, making sure that it's cleared and that you can own that title, that name, that brand, et cetera. And then you're off and running. Love it. And how can we, Fire Nation, find out more about you, brother? Oh my gosh! Well, you can uh, you can Google David Lizerbram, and no, no matter what spelling you come up with, my name's going to come up because there yes. is only one of me <laughs> in the world. Um, if you meet another David Lizerbram, that's my clone. Um, <laughs> or you can go to productsofthemind.net, which will take you to my website with all kinds of free resources and downloadables and advice and nice pictures of me and all kinds of fun stuff. Now, a quick little side note, what I would recommend to David if I were advising him here is I would say, David, you know, make sure you're tracking productsofthemind.com and the other big ones as well on who is GoDaddy. And you can see like one that's about to expire. Put it on your calendar 
and just know so that when that .com expires, nobody's using it, boom, you can sweep in, scoop it up, and that's how you can continue to kind of grow and build up your domain presence and having all those things around. So that's you just Google who is GoDaddy, then you type in any domain. It's going to tell you their expiration date, the creation date, and of course you can check it and see how active the site is to know all those things. So a lot of great stuff, Fire Nation, for you to do to continue to grow your brand. David, thank you as always, brother. Keep it down in San Diego because I know you got a lot of things going down, so just keep it down, and we'll catch you in a couple months. So, Kate, you have been eerily quiet over the past 19 minutes and 11 seconds here. So um, what's going on? We just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Aren't you excited about that? I am so excited. I was starting to feel a little bit eerie. Like I'm in myself. <laughs> I'm in myself. I'm by myself, like just sitting in a room with all these other conversations going on. I literally feel like a fly on the wall. <laughs> um, well, we did not celebrate our five-year relationship anniversary. That wasn't what I was referring to. We're, we've been together longer than that. But Entrepreneur on Fire has celebrated our five-year business anniversary. So let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. It was so much fun and such an amazing surprise because even though you and I both know very well when Entrepreneurs on Fire celebrates its birthday, we didn't realize that our Palmas Del Mar community was uh, that privy to that. So for the past, past four years straight, we've been celebrating our anniversary for Entrepreneurs on Fire in Maine because we're always out there for a conference in September this year was a little bit different. We were in Puerto Rico, and we've talked about our community in Puerto Rico here several times. Palmas Del Mar, most amazing people you'll ever meet. We're so, so lucky to be in that community. We even refer to ourselves as the Palmas Power Couples. I don't know if that's public <laughs> knowledge. I think it is now. <laughs> Um, but so our anniversary, so as is common with most weekends in Palmas, one of our friends is hosting some type of get together, either like a brunch or a Friday night couples game night, a Sunday barbecue, like we are never at a loss for things to do. There's always so much going on. And it kind of seems to come in waves too. like one person will say they're doing something Friday night, and then all of a sudden someone's doing something Saturday, and then all of a sudden someone's doing something on Sunday. Um, so that happened to be the case the weekend of September. 2nd, when our great friends, Mark and Krista, who are founders of the American Posture Institute, let us know that they were hosting a barbecue at their place. So as is typical, you and I are just like hanging out. That was a holiday weekend, I believe. So Monday was going to be a holiday. Um, Saturday afternoon, they were hosting this. And whenever they tell us what time a barbecue is or whenever anybody talks about what time something's going to go down. It's usually like we always kind of joke about Puerto Rico time because like everyone's on island time. So if you say 1230, like maybe we'll see you around one or so. <laughs> and so that was kind of like we left our place maybe at a quarter to one. Um, and then we're driving up to Mark and Chris's house. And I think you said, John, because I was driving and you uh, you had mentioned that like Mark had texted me and then Ted had texted me and we were like, this is so weird. Why is everybody like wondering where we are? We're really not that late. Like we, it wasn't even one o'clock yet. Um, and then we drive up to Mark and Chris's house and Mark is standing outside, <laughs> which like nobody ever greets us. I mean, we know where their place is. So John, why don't you uh, kind of pick up the story from here? What happened when we drove up? 
Yeah, so Mark's just kind of standing out there a little awkwardly like, hey, guys. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, oh, just um, wanted to see when you guys are getting here. And then he kind of like walks into uh, the house with us. And we're just like, this is – he's acting a little strange. And then he's like, oh, don't mind that on the wall. And like we look up in the TVs on the wall with like a big picture of me like behind my microphone. I'm like, what, were you listening to my episode earlier? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. And then we walked out into the backyard where the pool was. And there was just this huge group of people all like in a semicircle. And they just go – surprise and literally like kate and i like we it wasn't even on our radar because you know our five-year um business anniversary was still a few weeks in the future so like we hadn't even really thought or talked about it at all so it, it took us by complete surprise and just the fact that you know this this great community of friends that we have down there cared enough to really know that it was just coming up in our business that it was a really big deal and that we all got together and celebrated an amazing pool barbecue day was just so much fun they even had pictures of all of us like all over the house and everybody dressed in orange like it was a whole thing that was going on secretly behind our back and again just makes me realize the power of that last phrase that i use fire nation you're the average of the five people you've been spending the most time with and so you know our average down in puerto rico is incredible palmas del mar attracts the best of the best, you know, frankly, just like San Diego did. We had an amazing group of friends in San Diego and the parties that we threw there were so unbelievably fun. I couldn't imagine not living in a community like a Pacific Beach, like a Palmas Del Mar, where there's just other amazing entrepreneurs with that great location, financial, independent mindsets that people have. So make sure, Fire Nation, you are doing what you can to surround yourself with amazing people because that will have a huge impact um, on your life. And Okay, before we move into the next section, which is going to be a, a little bit of a downer after this big upper, do you want to kind of finish anything off about our five year and about the party and the the et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Well, first of all, a massive shout out to Fire Nation. Thank you so much for helping us get to five years. We absolutely would not be where we are today celebrating five years without every single one of you who's tuning into the podcast. So thank you so much for your love and support there. And definitely a massive shout out to our Palmas crew. I'm so like, I can't believe that they totally did this without us having any clue. I wish I could have seen our faces when we walked out there. I was so confused. Clueless. <laughs> I was, yeah, confused is the best word because I was like, wait, did they think that like, like something happened that they didn't actually happen? Like Kate's not pregnant. No, not happening. And yeah. no, it was literally for our five-year business, which, you know, anniversary, which was not on our radar. So, so cool. And just want to echo what Kate said, Fire Nation. Thank you, everybody who's listened to one or 1,801 episodes of the show. <clears throat> Excuse me, because it has been a long and enjoyable road every step of the way because we get to uh, speak to wonderful listeners like yourself, engage you guys at conferences on social media via email and all the different areas that we get to talk and engage with you, Fire Nation, and bringing the value, bringing the heat, and of course, getting our share of value right back at us. And it helps us get through um, some of the more difficult times in our life, which actually Kate and I are uh, going through right now. Um, you know, Mother Nature, she can be a doozy sometimes, and there's not much you can do about it. And that's kind of moving us into the next section, which is, you know, we do live in Puerto Rico, we do live in the Caribbean, we do live in Hurricane Alley, and it is hurricane season. And I will say, last year we were in, very lucky to experience no hurricanes because it would have been tough having just moved to the islands. Um, and frankly, Puerto Rico hadn't seen a serious hurricane since 1998, so it had been 20 years. And everybody was saying that we were due, and boy, were they right. So 
Out of nowhere, Hurricane Irma raises up out of the Atlantic Ocean and starts barreling towards us as a Category 5 hurricane. Everybody's rightfully so freaking out because this is a catastrophic hurricane. And honestly, um, we dodged a bullet. It, it headed north just a little bit before it got to us, and we had nothing more than a pretty bad rainstorm. Um, and so we kind of all thought that we got lucky and we dodged that bullet. And then, you know, we heard this little rumble of this Hurricane Maria um, in the news, but it was way off in the Atlantic by Africa. And like we weren't really thinking about it because we thought that we had just, you know, dodged the one hurricane of the year, but ended up not being the case. Fortunately, Kate missed both of these experiences because she got off the island uh, before Maria came on a planned trip out to San Diego for three weeks to visit family. Um, I, however, um, rode out Irma, which was nothing to, to brag about. It was, like I said, a rainstorm. But um, Maria was obvious by the time it was getting closer there was going to be much, much more than just a rainstorm. In fact, the eye of the hurricane hits Puerto Rico nine miles south of Umacao, our town. And so um, the New York Times had our town on the front page the day after the hurricane because it was that devastated and that much the eye of the storm. And I was able to get off as the second to last flight out of the, off the island thanks to a Tony and Ginny, two people who are in our Palmas Power Couples group. And they had an extra extra ticket. Thankfully, I jumped on it. I almost didn't because, again, I thought I could ride this one out. But uh, it would have been a, a really bad decision on my part. Fortunately, with Kate's help, uh, I made the right decision and uh, got on that plane. And um, we, we uh, personally dodged a bullet, but the island was devastated. I mean, there's been no power, minimal water, um, no Internet for you know weeks and weeks since this happened. And it's not looking like it's coming back anytime soon. You know, we're finally starting to see some kind of um, reaction from the U.S. as far as sending troops and supplies and stuff. Uh, a slow reaction, I will comment on. But uh, we're, we are seeing a, rea a reaction finally that's seeming to make a, a decent impact. And it's just devastating to see what happened to our home. Our home sustained some very legitimate damage, windows blown out, flooding, water, all that jazz. And our community was devastated and the island was devastated. So it's going to be a long, slow road to recovery for sure. But, um, you know, one of those things, those adages that is true is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I do think that uh, Puerto Rico is going to come back stronger than ever. I think that Palmas del Mar is going to come back stronger than ever. And I think that our community, our, gr our group of friends is going to come back stronger than ever. Um, but I will say it's not going to be anytime soon. It's going to be a long and slow road to recovery. And, you know, we're just going to do our parts and do what we can. So, Kate, kind of went on a little bit of a ramble shank there. So why don't you pick it up and uh, fill in the blanks? I'm actually realizing today is two weeks since Maria Two hit. weeks. Exactly two weeks when we're recording this, and uh, I get, like, my heart is beating so fast right now. I get, like, so worked up just because I can, I can so perfectly picture and, like, feel exactly what I felt that morning two weeks ago. Um, I, I was, you know, here in San Diego, like you said, John. Luckily, you were in Florida um, when I got that phone call from you about taking that extra ticket from Ginny, which again, Ginny and Tony were so gracious to offer that up. They totally didn't have to do that. And I know how much work it was to be able to even get that ticket transferred over to you. Um, man, I'm, I'm so, so happy that you were able to get off, but you know, there were several people who stayed in the community and our group of friends who just not two weeks before that we were celebrating our, um, EO fire anniversary with, and 
that was really, really, really difficult to know that they were there and that they were having to experience this firsthand. I mean, you know, we all experienced it in, in our own way. Um, but to have actually been in Umacao, in Palma del Mar, when this hit, um, we didn't hear from anyone in our community for over 72 hours. That was like the longest. That 72 hours felt like weeks. Just like not even the news could barely um, broadcast from down there. I mean, during yeah. the hurricane, they had um, CNN was someone was live in Umacao, but their connection split like during the hurricane and never came back. And it was just like, oh, such a terrible feeling. I mean, I, w- I woke up at like 2 a.m., which because I knew exactly from tracking on our app our my radar app, I knew exactly when um, the hur- when the eye was supposed to hit, of course, hours and hours leading up to that, even though the surrounding of of the hurricane, like, you know, they were starting to see effects well before that. I woke up at like 2 a.m. and just couldn't go back to sleep. I mean, it was a constant, you know, communication role going in our WhatsApp group that we have with our with our community there in Palmas. Um, And, you know, it was just tough. It was tough for those people who we knew were still in the community to just be cut off from all communication. We had no idea what was going on. We had no idea what had happened, what the community looked like, how our friends were. Um, so absolutely hearing from them was like the brightest, sunniest, happiest day ever, um, to just know that they were all okay, which of course, um, as we've said many times is the most important part. I mean, it's really devastating to see what happened to the island. The last thing, uh, Puerto Rico needed was to experience something like this. Um, and that goes for a lot of the islands around it too. I mean, you know, John, you, you said Irma was uh, a pretty bad rainstorm, and that certainly was a case in Umacao. But, you know, um, San Juan really experienced a, a lot of negative effects from Irma because of, you know, that's on the north side of the island. Um, man, I don't know. It's just it's really hard to even come up with words to say about um, what's happening in Puerto Rico, all of our thoughts and love and prayers is certainly going down there. We hope to be able to get back to our home really, really soon, um, which we've been trying to do for the past two weeks. Um, I've already had two canceled flights back to Puerto Rico. Um, you know, as, as hard as we've tried to get back down there to try and help. And thank you so much to everyone who has reached out and, raised concern and you know been wanting to support so badly trust me john and i want to be able to do something so so bad and and right now the major difficulty is that the supply chain is completely broken without power without gas without trucks without drivers without communication um no you can't use credit cards people are struggling to get cash which is very hard to do because the banks aren't open. ATM machines are running out of money. Um, There's no water. I mean, just like when you think that there would be some way to possibly help, it's like there's something in the chain that's broken. And it just goes to show how incredibly lucky we are to have access to this supply chain that's been being built for, you know, hundreds and and, in a lot of ways, thousands of years. Um, When one of those links breaks it's really really hard to to do anything because you know you're going to get cut off at some point and that's why john to your point um thankfully 
the the U.S. has started to respond. Um, sending troops down there and stuff is certainly going to be a huge help. So, you know, all of our thoughts and love and prayers going out to anybody who's still in Puerto Rico trying to get out. I know that's a struggle as well. Um, anybody who has family down there and you haven't heard from them yet, which I know is a case for some people, um, it's just heartbreaking. And, yeah, we, uh, we will rebuild. It will just take some time. It'll take some time. It'll take some time. All right, Fire Nation, mindset shift. So we're going to shift to the uh, the day after I, I fled Puerto Rico, found myself in Orlando, Florida, staying with Ginny and Ted. And I'm like, what does my future look like um, as a refugee? And by the way, a refugee is somebody who has uh, fled in the wake of a natural disaster. So that was definitely me. And I realized that Kate was actually flying to Austin in a couple of days to speak at the Screw You Live event. That's for from the founders of Screw the 9 to 5, Jill and Josh Stanton. And I said, you know what? I wasn't planning on being at this. I was planning on being in Puerto Rico during that event and getting some great work done, preparing for our 40-day overseas trip, which happens on October 12th. I said, but hey, now I'm here. I'm in Orlando, just a few-hour nonstop flight away. Let's uh, check out if the opportunity for me to go to this event is going to be available. And I got a hold of Josh and Jill, and they said, absolutely, come on down, brother. And so just a couple of weeks after we hung out with them in Vancouver, I made a little bit of a surprise drop-in on the Screw You Live event in Austin, Texas, where there was 100 incredible entrepreneurs, Jill, Josh, and, of course, the keynote speaker, Kate Lynn Erickson, so I got to uh, enjoy this conference as, as a little bit of an attendee and taking it all in, not having to worry about some big presentation, which I seem to be having to prepare for at most of these conferences, um, but wasn't in the cards for me this time, which was great. And Kate, why don't you kind of talk a little bit about your experience to Screw You Live, your keynotes, and just basically how awesome Jill and Josh are. Well, Fire Nation knows by now how much we love Jill and Josh. Um, they've probably made like more appearances and in income reports than anyone else, wouldn't you say? <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. They just put on one heck of an event. Um, I was very lucky to share that keynote stage with James Wedmore. Got to hang out with him and his wife, Chelsea. They're both amazing. Jill and Josh are amazing. We got to spend some time with the Screw team. Um, Nadja and Maddie and Renee, all amazing people. And they, gosh, everything that goes into putting on an event, I'm just always so impressed when events actually go off without a hitch, which this one absolutely did. Um, really great attendees. As you said, John, it was cool to hang with the Screw community because Jill and Josh talk so highly of them, um, just the same way, same way we do about Fire Nation. So it was great to be able to meet up with some of them and spend time there. It was cool that it was kind of a more intimate event. And I think that that was really helpful for me. Uh, I usually like to speak at the beginning of events because if I speak like the second day or the last day of, of an event, I'm just like a nervous mess the entire time. Um, but something about the setting, something about the people, um, you know, I was certainly nervous and definitely kind of on the fly, really trying to pick up on what the attendees uh, were struggling with most, what other presenters were talking about who came before me, because I actually went uh, the morning of the second day um, and the last day. So um, it was it was a new speaking experience for me. But it turned out like that. I felt 
better about that talk, I think, than maybe any other I've given. And, and I felt pretty good about a lot of my talks, but being able to, to literally on the fly kind of craft like the, the thread that I brought through my presentation this time, um, what was a really great feeling. And, you know, even greater than any of the feelings was the feedback I got after it. So, um, yeah, big shout out to Jill and Josh for inviting us, for having you there, John. It was such a cool surprise and treat for you to be able to come because I'm like, when did John and I ever get to see each other again? <laughs> it had been like, it had been a really long time since we had seen each other and just like all the emotions and stress and scariness of Maria. Um, I think it was just like a really cool time for us to be together. So I'm really glad that you were able to come as well. So yeah, shout out to Jill and Josh and what they've created with our community. Very impressive. And uh, anyone who got to attend the Screw You Live event who we were able to hang out with, um, thank you for sharing your community with us. Absolutely. And definitely go check out eofire.com slash income. And you can actually read um, a little blurb about Jill and Josh's four lessons in four years. And, and Kate expounds upon them in the actual income report. Um, but they were really powerful and they they just did a great job kind of walking through what it meant. Um, number one is surround yourself with people who actually get it. So, of course, being in the community, investing yourself, of course, you know, whether that be with your time, with money, if that's a possibility. Uh, comparison is a killer. And ain't that the truth? I like to use the phrase compare uh, compare and despair. And there's only one person, Fire Nation, you should be comparing yourself to. You yesterday. That's it. And if you win that comparison, you're winning at life. And number four, momentum is the lifeblood of entrepreneurs. Think about it. Momentum. It's so hard to get. But then once you get it, it's actually kind of hard to stop. Not that you'd want to. Um, so, Kate, any last thing before we jump into the income breakdown? Um, I highly recommend anyone who's looking for, you know, training. If you're just getting started on your entrepreneurial journey, check out um, Screw the 9 to 5. They have some really great resources over there. And Jill and Josh are really great. Again, they have an amazing community that they've built. They have a free but private Facebook group that would be fabulous to jump on into and meet some other like-minded people. So check it out, screwthe9to5.com. Boom. 2017 September income breakdown. Our product and service income brought in $121,000. Um, specifically, our journals uh, generated $26,000 for the month. Uh, the Freedom Journal bringing in $14,000 and the Master Journal bringing in $12,500. So, God, these just continue to be so close to each other, back and forth. But it seems like the Freedom Journal just always ekes it out. Uh, Paradise did 26K in revenue. Our podcast sponsorship was $64,000. Podcastwebsites.com, our $5,000 salary disbursement um, came out as well, of course. And um, we actually did $268 from my audiobook podcast launch that I launched <laughs> literally four years ago. And that thing just keeps on paying the bills. Um, we have a new course added to the mix, Kickstarter on Fire. So now we have five free courses, free podcast course, free webinar course, free goals course, Funnel on Fire, and Kickstarter on Fire, all available for you at eofire.com. Affiliate revenue was through the roof, uh, $38,000 from ClickFunnels. Um, my uh, um, 
in uh, sorry, my consulting mentorship, $15,000. Um, we also did $14,000 for Create Awesome Online Courses. We did $4,000 for Amy Porterfield's webinar that converts. And yeah, we did a, had a nice little... Nice little uh, burst from um, Libsyn, which is who we recommend for our media host at $1,690. And, of course, there's a bunch of other ones I'm skipping over here, um, like Ask with Ryan Levesque actually brought in $5,700. Um, but we have the whole list at eofire.com slash income. Um, that brought our total gross to $245,000. Pretty sweet, right? Our um, expenses were $44,000. And, again, Every single one of our expenses are lined out and itemized at the eofire.com slash income. And by the way, that page has been completely redesigned, eofire.com slash income. And it will be live within a day or two. Um, so definitely looking forward to your feedback on the new layout of our income page, uh, eofire.com slash income, one of our most highly visited pages. So our total net profit for September was $201,000. And I'm actually just seeing this right now, but uh, Kate's going ahead and utilizing a, a little Instagram post for our biggest lesson learned, this too shall pass. So I guess, Kate, am I, am I supposed to take this one? Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be cool this month. I thought that was an amazing <laughs> lesson, and you shared it out to Fire Nation already on social. So I thought, uh, why not bring it around in the income report? Bringing it around. Well, yeah, I was sitting on my buddy's couch in New York City, and was kind of just thinking about, you know, different things that have gone on the past five years of the business and life in general. And, you know, it's easy to dwell on the negatives and it's easy, you know, to kind of skip over the positives. But I think uh, a quote that was really resonating with me that day that I shared on Instagram and then I included a picture of our house that our windows were blown in and like the shades were destroyed and like it was just an overall mess. Um, but I put up, put on the on that picture the quote, this too shall pass. And I think it's important for us Fire Nation as entrepreneurs to realize that this too shall pass. It's important to recognize that when things are going crappy, when things are going bad, when things are going poorly, or when you know Mother Nature deals you a, a tough blow, this too shall pass. Like There will be a day that Kate and I will be back in Puerto Rico, and our place will be back to where it was before, and you know it's not going to be anytime soon, but it's going to happen. And when that happens, like that's going to be great. But on the flip side, it's also important to recognize that when things are going great, that this too shall pass. I mean, you know, a week before Maria, you know, I'm laying on my hammock um, uh, in this beautiful oasis down in Palmas del Mar, Puerto Rico, loving life. And I really enjoyed it. You know why? Because I knew that that too was going to pass. How great that moment was, how great business was going and all this stuff is that we live in this constant state of fluctuation of ups and downs, the roller coasters that we talk about. So this too shall pass. And just remember that for when things are going great, because that will make you maybe just understand to treasure the moment and live presently uh, a little more. And when things are going bad to realize that this is not the end of the world, the world's going to keep on ticking and it's up to you to have the right attitude to make sure that it does. So, Kate, I'm going to end with that, and I'm going to let you bring this home. So uh, bring this home, girl. Let us know all the stuff that's in your head right now. Yeah, so I get to do a little role reversal. You said that beautifully, and I'm not going to add even a word to it. It was perfect. Thank you. Um, do want to give a shout out. We mentioned very briefly we're about to head out on a 40-ish day international 
um, kind of runaround, I guess, in a good way. We're going to be in New Zealand early October. We're going to be hosting a meetup. So if you're in the New Zealand area, October 19th, we are going to be hosting a meetup in Auckland. And it would be awesome if you could come out. If you want any details on that, my email is kate at eofire.com. We are headed to Australia after that for an amazing podcasting conference called We Are Podcast. That's going down in Brisbane, very first couple days of November. So if you want to check that out and meet up with John and I at the conference, that would be super cool. We Are Podcast. It's in Brisbane, Australia. And after that, we're going to be rounding out the trip in London with Chris Ducker at the Upreneur Summit. That's the 7th through the 10th, I believe. Is that correct, John? Yeah. Yep. So Upreneur Summit, that's going down in London, and we will be there. It would be awesome to see you there. If we're going to see you at any of those locations, amazing. If not, Fire Nation, keep on rocking. Much love. Thank you again for helping us celebrate five years. And again, thank you for all your thoughts and love and prayers to Puerto Rico.